Welcome into Honorado and Company. You're looking at this beautiful new showroom at the Novice Clothing Company headquarters in Colony, not far from the airport, not far from Wolf Road. It's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller. And Ashley, I'll give you a little look at it here from my perspective as well. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful spot. They're only a month into this brand new place. They've already thrown an incredible American Cancer Society volleyball fundraiser at this new location. It's, this group just continues to do incredibly big things. And uh, we're pumped to be here this Looks morning. Looks pretty cool. Sure, on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's awesome. Great group of guys and gals, obviously, as you know, they yes. do incredible stuff. The gear they put out, um, it Unreal. is all custom made. It is awesome. We'll get into some of that as we go uh, on in today's show. We've had a few former Section 2 baseball players drafted uh, onto Major League franchises. We'll catch up with a couple of those guys on the show. We have more defections from the PGA, even now from the broadcast crews <laughs> to live golf. This thing is really catching some steam. Uh, and, of course, we had the Home Run Derby on Monday night that we're reacting to here on Honorado & Company. Let's get going. is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. They are presenting sponsor each and every single week here on Honorado and Company. The great people at Alpenhouse, Andy Heck and Katie Osborne. We are live from their location once every single month. Different day of the week for us. Hope you're still catching yep. us on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. Tuesday morning as we get uh, ready for the All-Star Game tonight. If you're watching us on Saturday on my four, I'm going to say I think you should have bet the over mm. and the American League. Okay. That'll, that's where my Caesars money will be tonight. Well, I was to say, we'll know by the end of the night. So we'll be yeah. four days of knowing whether you were right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we are at Novice Clothing Company. You probably know by watching the show, they are a, a strong supporter of ours um, and a business that is really still just, I mean, kind of in its infancy stages. Mm -hmm. They're doing big things, but it's it's still very new in the Capital Region. Started up by Nick and Garrett Bernardo. And now they have an incredible staff yep. of people um, making a, a big change in the capital region in terms of, I think, how teams and organizations are outfitted yes. uh, in a way that was really never done before. So props to them for everything that uh, that they've done here so far. All right, you saw it probably on Monday night. Juan Soto, after he turned down $440, <laughs> million, said, I'll go out and win this home run yeah. derby. I saw a tweet by Jeff Passan that said, he walked up to Soto before the home run derby and he said, how are you feeling? He said, I feel good. He said, are you going to win the home run derby? And Soto said, probably. <laughs> and he went out and did it. I mean, the guy's it. 23 years old. He's yeah. the second guy to win the home run derby. Uh, he, he He's going to get more money than this, or at least that same amount, but fewer years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the nationals are going to get a haul in return for him because they're this ultimately is going to end up in being a trade. And I think it might even happen this year, not the off season. Yeah. Listen, we talked about it a little bit yesterday in our KPM restoration rapid reaction. Um, but it's not enough money for him. If you look, I know people are going to gawk at the 440 million, but over 14 years, 
the average annual value doesn't even put him in the top 15 players. He is clearly a top 15 player in this league, a top 10 player in this league, and deserves to be paid like one. So I don't blame him for for not wanting to play there. And listen, it's it's not a good... They won a World Series not so long ago, but this is not a team headed in the right direction. So why would he want to commit to 14 years there? I don't know. Okay, I hear that. But if you're Washington, the only way you can head in the in the right direction is to keep this guy in your team. Well, not if you're going to get somebody's whole farm system for him. Unproven play again. You, and and we'll, we'll talk about this because I yeah. did throw it out on the KPM restoration rapid react yesterday was, okay, if, if I'm the Yankees, do you, do you, do you, I think we'll go back and talk about the home run derby, but this to me is so fascinating that a top 10 player mm-hmm. and maybe top seven, top five in all of baseball at 23 years old could be traded away from the team. Uh, that This is really what fascinates me. I could do an entire hour on it. If you're yeah. the Yankees, should you be making a move to get Juan Soto from Washington and saying, you know what, Aaron Judge, you're 30. You've given us some great years. We know you're the face of the franchise, but we are going to invest in a younger guy who plays the same position as you. Now, this would mean letting Judge walk and also trading pieces like sure. Dominguez. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they're going to warrant equal-ish contracts. Maybe not. you're not going to offer Judge 14 years because of his injury history and his age. But for me, Judge isn't that much older than Juan Soto that he that he doesn't deserve a similar type of contract. I'm sticking with Judge because of, listen, Juan Soto is a star. He's a superstar in the sport but he is one that has quietly done everything he's done. It's felt like he's been in the league for 10 years already. He's Mm -hmm. 23 years old. Mm -hmm. Aaron Judge has superstar power that is not quiet. It is big and loud and everything that New York wants and needs. Aaron Judge is New York. Juan Soto would be a little bit of a different feel in New York. So I think if you're the Yankees, you keep Aaron Judge, even if it's at the expense of not getting Juan Soto. Yeah, and I think if you just said to me, hey, straight up judge for Soto, I think you'd do it. But then when you start talking about Volpe and Dominguez, and now I've got a one, let the face of my franchise walk, and I've got to trade the best young talent I have mm-hmm. in my farm system, that becomes a that becomes a big swap. If you're the I still think it's it's worth it's it's worth entertaining here. Uh yeah. Soto gone before the trade deadline this year. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. How about the show he put on last night, Monday night? Uh, we, we get the incredible performance by Julio Rodriguez, by the way, that 21-year-old Mariner stud. Uh, a lot of people around the country don't know him because, right. one, he's playing in Seattle. Uh, they are on a 14-game winning streak, oh, by the way. But Rodriguez ends up knocking out two-time defending champ Pete Alonso. Yep. And then you get Soto knocking out the legend in Albert Pujols to set up that final um, and Soto does what I kind of thought he would do, and that would that was win the home run derby. When once Schwarber was out, I thought yeah. I think this is probably going to go to Soto. First of all, did you see that ESPN miscounted, and it should have been Schwarber advancing and not Albert Pujols? Listen, it played out the way, it should, but come on, how does that happen? Well, uh, and and in the broadcast too, the way they were counting, I thought, wait a minute, Schwarber's got one yeah. more here. I think they would have gone to a swing off. Yeah, Ravi was behind a little yes. bit. And then, you know, so he is counting, but ESP, it, it was a mess. Uh, the Pujols moment was really cool. 
Julio Rodriguez got introduced to the entire country, which mm -hmm. was a cool thing. And, and Mina Kimes tweeted something about this. Like, I'm glad now everyone is seeing, you know, the star power that is Julio Rodriguez. And it's, we've seen more West Coast baseball than ever before because of guys like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but we still don't see enough here yeah. um, on the East Coast. Yeah, no, I would agree with that for sure. All right, we are live from Novice Clothing Company, brand new headquarters in Colony, an incredible space. They're still putting some of the finishing touches on it in terms of racks on the walls with a lot of their gear here, Ash, that you'll get a good look at. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, Dale Stanovich drafted yeah. in the Major League Baseball draft on Monday after a really, really good career, obviously, yes. uh, at Rutgers University, Jersey Pride. What's yeah. up? We're back right after this on Honorado and Company. Hang on. Dale Stanovich joins us next. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. Fire, water, smoke, mold, and sewage cleanup. Reconstructing your home after a disaster can be both stressful and demanding. KPM Restoration will work quickly to restore your home. We'll help provide complete damage restoration to your property. My problem was that uh, I was traveling. There was a leak in my basement. We called KPM. They came in at 9 o'clock at night and were there till 2 o'clock in the morning until the problem was solved. KPM Restoration. We'll get you back to normal. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. You see our show supporters there on your screen, the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute still to come, as well as the performance industrial dirty difficult done. Live from the Novice Clothing Company headquarters in Colony, not far from the Albany International Airport, mm -hmm. uh, where maybe this guy will fly out from uh, <laughs> to head to his next location in his baseball career. We think it's hot here. It's all kinds of hot in Miami all year round. So good for Dale. He gets the weather all year round. Yeah, we would we would like to have some of that. All right, let's bring him in here on Honorado and Company, and that is Dale Stanovich uh, from Amsterdam, but uh, most recently from Rutgers University, drafted in the eighth round. Dale, congratulations, man! You're going to the Marlins organization. Tell us what it was like, how it unfolded. Do you get a phone call before you realize that the tweets are coming out and people start texting you like? Hey, you are you are now a major league baseball draftee. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on here. It's a great time. But yeah, the day got it was a little bit confusing, you know, at first. But you know, woke up with a good vibe and I felt very good. And uh, I didn't know till later in the day, maybe around four p.m., that this was something that could happen uh, today. Okay. Dale, you, your journey has taken you a few different places, obviously Herkimer, Marshall, and then ultimately Rutgers. When did it become kind of clear to you that the major leagues were a possibility? Because I don't know that every baseball player growing up thinks like, oh yeah, someday I'm going to be in the majors. I think it's a dream, but when does that kind of become a reality and set in for you? 
I would say my first year at Herkimer, I think that was when I really thought that I could actually do this thing. And uh, I kind of just took off ever since. Who's the best athlete in your family? <laughs> Definitely me. No doubt about it. Okay. I'm, I'm versatile. I could do a lot of things. Uh, no one else has been drafted at the, at the major league level, right? No, right, not that got I know. that. Yeah, got I got that, that. I got that one. Yeah. yeah, Dale, you're one of <laughs> 10, right? God bless your parents, but y'all might be the most I, – I was thinking the most athletic family ever from Amsterdam. I think you might be, might be the most athletic family ever from Section 2. Ooh. I mean, your sisters are freakish athletes. Mm-hmm. Brian, I remember him. Mm-hmm. He's one of the greatest football players to ever come out of Amsterdam. Um, your family is incredible. Is that Has that just always been – do all of you play sports, or do you have like – you know, some academics, some scientists. Where do we roll on the, t- the level of 10 here? Um, no, I would say we're all pretty much athletes for the most <laughs> part. It just kind of starts at a young age, you know, and the, the older ones kind of push the younger ones and they kind of follow along. And then as they get older, they start doing the same thing. Uh, but we're definitely smart too, though. So it's yeah. uh, a good mix. Yeah, I was going to really say you're on the Big Ten all academic team. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I think I read that. You were also on the Big Ten First team, the all first team um, as a senior or a redshirt junior, I guess it is. Um, what? How did Rutgers prepare you for the next level? And, and where do you feel like, because, you know, you, you turn into a relief pitcher. Obviously, everybody starts in high school. Um, you kind of make that journey to a relief pitcher. How prepared did you feel kind of coming into yesterday, knowing that you were potentially getting drafted? Uh, Rutgers definitely helped out a lot. The coaching staff was amazing to me. Uh, it turned me into the man, you know, that I am today. It helped me a lot off the field. And uh, Coach Owens, he's a great guy. And uh, he he was actually the one that helped this go through with the Marlins. I remember when I left Rutgers after my exit meeting, once the season was over, he was telling me that he was going to have the Marlins pick me, and they ended up <laughs> they ended up picking me. <laughs> That's some good inside work there. Yeah. Uh, w- what is it about your arsenal, Dale, that – that tells you, I, I I saw, I think you put this on Instagram as I was doing a little bit of digging earlier this morning. Uh, self-doubt is the greatest adversary, I think you wrote. What is it about your arsenal that you have that makes you believe you can come in at any point in a major league game and get big outs? You just got to trust, you know, who you are and the work that you put in. A lot of people, I try to tell people though sometimes too, it's like when you're nervous it's kind of your body telling your mind that, hey, maybe you're not prepared for this situation. Hmm. Of course, you're going to be nervous at times, but you got to make sure your mind's trained too. And when you get in those tough situations, then you'll ultimately come on top. Dale, where did you experience last night? Were you home? Were you out? Part? Were you at a party with your whole family? What What was that? Can you kind of take us through that moment? It was actually raining in Amsterdam the whole day, so we kind of hung out at the house, but it was actually a good time. Some of the family came over, the kids were running around, and it was actually like a really good time. I, I wouldn't change anything about it. That's awesome, man. What a life-changing experience for you uh, to go to the Miami Marlins. What, what, what was the initial conversation like with the organization? Do you know where you're going and how quickly you're going to go there? Um, no, it was... They do things about a round ahead. So in, in the sixth round, I was here getting calls from uh, my advisor. His name is John Shin. He's based out of Boston. And he was saying that uh, Miami was going to take me in the seventh round. The seventh round came around, and they ended up not taking me, which is okay. 
But then right around that time, I was hearing from three or four different teams and everything kind of got cramped together. And funny story, I was actually on the phone with the New York Yankees when I got picked by the Marlins. Yeah, it was because uh, the computer was delayed when they were doing the live broadcasting. And he was the one that actually told me that the Marlins picked me. I mean, wow. good for you, but man, I'm a Yankees fan and bad on them for not moving quicker. Bad on all those teams for not moving quicker. Yeah, but I'm they glad all had, they I'm, all had fair chances. Yes, exactly. I'm glad the Marlins gave you the call. Uh, Chris, yeah. listen to these numbers. Mm-hmm. They're ridiculous. But he had 2.10 ERA, 51 strikeouts this wow. season, I believe. But I'm going to go back to high school for a second. We talked about how great of an athlete you were. High school, 1,500 yards rushing, 24 touchdowns, Class A player of the year in football. And he goes to college to play baseball. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around being that kind of athletic. Was there ever a chance that you wanted to play football, or did you know, was baseball always your love, or you were kind of just drawn to that? Yeah, I think it ultimately had the best uh, chance for me, you know, to make a career out of it. But there was definitely talks of playing football. I remember sitting down with head coach um, Doug Edick and talking about uh, opportunities, but it was something that I didn't really want to do that because, you know – it's tough. Football is tough. And in college, it's it gets even harder, which all sports are. But, you know, baseball was what I wanted to do from the beginning. And I'm happy that everything worked out. Yeah, you can say that again, man. It has definitely worked out for you, Dale. Congratulations. Ash, I'll give you last word here. But uh, Dale Stanovich from Amsterdam to Marshall to Herkimer to Piscataway and now to the sunny state of Florida, Ooh. man. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Dale, do you have a hat yet? Did you get a hat? No, I got to get that. I'm going to try you to gotta get, get out there. Get a hat for you. I'm going to try to do that. And uh, any kids that are watching this, just stay focused because anything is possible. And I hope kids from Amsterdam or this area could maybe look towards me and see, you know, if, if he did it, why can't I? Because it's true. Because anything is possible. Well, you can't end on a better message than that, Chris. I'm not nope. asking him anything Can't else. say it any better than that, yeah. Dale. Thank you for getting up after – being drafted, getting up early with us the next day. Uh, This is not always on the agenda for a lot of guys your age, but uh, we appreciate you taking the time with us and hanging out. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dale. Good luck. Dale Stanovich. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, really cool. I love those stories. I love them. Great perspective, too, right? He he understands the long odds he's overcome, not just wherever you're from. It doesn't matter where you're from. The, The ability to reach a pro level in sports is so rare uh, that he understands that now at this young age, which I think really will benefit him. Like he will show up to whatever rookie ball he goes to and, and realize, Hey, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones here. Let me take advantage of this opportunity. Pretty cool. Yeah. Listen, we're blessed to do this for a living. We love sports and this is how we take part in it, but we're not good enough to be professional athletes. Dale is blessed with greater athletic gifts than you and I have. And uh, he gets to play baseball for a living. Like there isn't, there aren't many better jobs on the planet. I don't think than being able to be a professional athlete in baseball in particular, just seems like such a cool fraternity. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not football. You're not hopefully getting the wear and tear on your body that professional football players do. Um, and it's just cool from our perspective to see these kids who like we covered at 14, 15, 16, now he's a grown man, and we're going to watch him play, hopefully someday in the majors. It's a it's a cool moment, I think, for everybody. So uh, Mike Kennedy from Troy yes. just graduated high school. 
goes in the fourth round. Luke Gold, right, to the Pirates. Luke Gold, who graduated Boston Spa, was playing infield at BC. He had moved around shortstop, third base, second base. Maybe he projects in the majors as more of a second baseman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He goes one round later in the fifth round to Detroit. And then in the eighth, you get Dale Stanley. You get three guys from section two in the the first 10 rounds. Pretty darn good. Yeah, I've always said this, and I think – it, I don't know that it'll ring true forever, but section two, far and away, the best sport that we have here is is high school baseball. Um, we It's just translated so well. The number of professionals we have. Uh, listen, we have Ian Anderson. That's the name everybody knows. But Jeff yeah. Hoffman, Jamie Schultz, Matt Gage. There are people and there are others in the minors who have, are still working their way up. John Rooney. Um, there are tons of guys and now these three guys who have gotten the next step. And that's not to say more won't be drafted today or signed later on. Um, section two really has it going when it comes to high school baseball. I'm not sure what it is, but, uh, there have been plenty of really, really good baseball players to make it to the next level. And Dale's the latest. Yeah. Especially a sport that is not supposed to be right. We play in the Northeast. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I like it. Morning to you, Sam. Good morning to you, Carol, as well. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Tuesday. We're earlier than our normal slot, but uh, I know you guys will find us one way or another. All right, when we come back here on on Honorado and Company, more defections. Yep. Now to live golf. Are golf people worried? Should they be concerned? Are there enough big names and young enough in their prime making the jump? How big of a deal is this, especially when Live Golf starts plucking some of the best broadcasters, most entertaining broadcasters yeah. in the business? We'll talk about that next here on Honorado and Company. Hang on, back right after this in 30 seconds. Alpenhouse RV is celebrating 58 years of family fun and camping during our anniversary sale. Shop big anniversary savings on an even bigger selection of RVs. Choose from new 2022 Avenger travel trailers for $194 a month and new 2022 Colorado travel trailers for $228 a month. Plus, all 2020 and newer RVs come with our exclusive lifetime warranty. Proudly serving you since 1964 and generations to come. Don't miss our 58th anniversary sale at Alpenhouse RV. And now, back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Shout out to our people at Marcella's. Shout out to Jimmy Miller at Nyscobo. We are live at Novice Clothing Company headquarters. Brand new spot. Mm-hmm. Month old. Still moving into this place. Still smells really good. You know that new oh, yeah smell that everybody loves. There's nothing better than that. New car smell. <laughs> New house smell, fresh paint smell. There's all kinds of stuff. It is still here. You see the beautiful epoxy floor there, too, here. Before I change off this shot, Performance Industrial, shout out to Bill Miller, who gets the job done on so many jobs like this, making offices around the Capital Region, kitchens around the Capital Region look their absolute best. All right. Good to be back here. Mm-hmm. First time we've done a show with Novice in a long time as they were making yeah. the move. So it's good to hang out with the yeah. guys, Nick and Garrett Bernardo, uh, again, and their entire team that they continue to build here. I don't I don't think there are job openings, but this office is is it would be an easy place to come in <laughs> to work. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't want to tell people, hey, go up. Well, yeah, it's don't. we're we're showing it off for sure today. 
All right, Ash, there's there's a little bit of more of an issue now. Okay, yeah. you get Cameron Smith, mm-hmm. who after winning the Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship, yeah, on maybe golf's greatest course, all the history behind it, mm-hmm. is asked post round. What do you think about the live golf? Whatever, would you consider whatever the question? He didn't have a good answer for it. No. Why? Well, because fewer than 24 hours later, there's the report yeah. that $90 million is waiting for Cameron Smith from Australia to leave the PGA and join Live Golf. He is, everybody has said to me, ah, Live Golf, all these guys are a little bit older. They're not really contending as much anymore. Well, okay, here we go. A guy in his mid 20s who just won the Open Championship is reportedly leaving for Live Golf to take the $90 million payday. Yeah, but this is the problem, and this is why I've said this to you. He's technically not leaving because he's still allowed to play in majors. So this is why it becomes an issue, and this is why everyone's leaving, because you're still allowed to play in majors. That's the only thing they care about. The only way the PGA can stop this, and they better stop it because they're going to be in real trouble, is if you can prevent these guys from playing in majors. Now, Cam Smith is exempt from majors until 2027. So unless you start doing this now, you're going to have real problems because everyone's going to leave and they're still going to be allowed to play in majors for the foreseeable future. It's a bad look. I I hate the look for Cam Smith because it was clear that he was made uncomfortable by the question. It was clear by his answer that he was going to play for Live Golf. I hate that because now you've played in it. The PGA is good enough for you to play in it, to win a major, to be – part of that whole situation. And now you're like, yep. Okay. I'm going to take my claret jug and head over to live for the $90 million, but I'll be back just for the majors, not for the PGA tour events. NBC broadcaster, David Faraday, all but assuredly on his way there as well. I read this morning that live golf is trying to get Charles Barkley to be part of of its broadcast, uh, I'll say of its broadcast. I, we don't even know where things going to be broad, right. but they and are building. No, they don't have a contract with anyone. They are building something. They're knowing, hey, if we people will, they can't ignore us if we start bringing the best golfers in the world and some of the most entertaining broadcasters. Somebody is going to have to put us somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and and that will happen if they continue the momentum they currently have. So Faraday gone from NBC in all likelihood. Barkley would be a real game changer. I think he he is early on. You could tell he was like, I'm not comfortable with this Mm -hmm. in terms of where I'd be getting the money, but depending upon how much they throw at you, Cam Smith won two and a half million dollars to become the open champion. Mm -hmm. He's going to get 90 million for not even playing a tournament with, with, I understand there's, that's a very, just surface view, mm-hmm. but that becomes very difficult to walk away from. You're talking about you're, DeAndre Ayton just signed a contract with the Suns yesterday, 133 million dollars. He called it generational money. These golfers are going to get generational money without even playing a tournament. I get it, but you have to be good. Yeah, with generational money from where that's coming from, you have to be able to put your head on the pillow at night and be okay with that. And listen, some people can because their bank account goes up $90 million, your life changes in a second. But morally, that's that's something you have to be able to live with. Morally, I wouldn't do it. I'm okay with making what I make and going, having this house and whatever, but there are people who understand they can change their life overnight. Yeah.
wild. Two and a half million dollars also changes your life overnight. Yep. But I, I do, I do think this is becoming a real problem here for the PGA. I'm with you. There's really only one way to stop it. Mm-hmm. And they've yet to really take that step just yet. All right. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, that Popeye's Louisiana fast minute, that performance industrial, dirty, difficult, done. We're back in less than 30 seconds here. Hang on. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of NYSCOBA are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back here from the Novice Clothing Company headquarters, Sam agrees with you, Ash, and all you had to say there that you were not, you wouldn't be comfortable um, earning generational want, wealth that way. We can answer uh, Carol's question if you'd like. She says, can you oh, please remind us what yep, LIB stands for? That me. Go ahead. You, sure, no problem. You uh, it doesn't stand for, it's not an acronym, but it's a Roman numeral. So it stands for 54, which is the number of holes that they play in their tournaments because they only play three, three rounds. days instead of the normal four, which the PGA plays. So LIV is just 54. So think about that. Now, in today's world. More for less. Do you get paid more to do less? <laughs> I mean, even if you got paid, I mean, this is, even if you had to play, God forbid you had to play all four rounds and you're getting paid a hundred million dollars, you're getting paid a hundred times what you don't get paid a hundred times in anything to do a normal job, let alone do three quarters of the work. Right. And, and right. The normal job you're being asked to do more for either Mm -hmm. the same amount or less. Yeah. Not for more. Not, not at live. No. Not at live. Are they ever going to run out of money? No, right? Well, so it's funny. I was talking about like, that in the newsroom this morning before this show. And we did say, like, what happens when the money runs I, out? I don't know if it does. People have said, I like, oh, they can just does. print it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think it does. Uh, well, then that's a problem. Would you be intimidated in any way um, based on some prior documented practices if you were to leave or if you were to leave say with? something you shouldn't, or, you know, this is not, you're not, you're not dealing with just a traditional sports commissioner. I don't know that you really know what you're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, how, what are they signing on? I, I, is there 90 million for five years? What's he signing on for just one year? That's the thing. I want, how long does he have Your to whole commit life? To are yeah. you con- like for, is that a binding contract? <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in, in more ways than one. And I that's bet. why it becomes interesting if they then ban them from majors, because it would be like uh, you don't get to come back. Right. So, right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the uh, performance industrial, dirty, difficult, done shout out to uh, our guy, Bill Miller, mm-hmm. owner of that company and, and great things he does. I saw him last Thursday at the novice cat 12 volleyball tournament raising $15,000 Ooh. 
for the American Cancer Society. Incredible. They've got a you know parking lot out here that they chalked up, two courts going at once, winner's bracket, loser's bracket, DJ, Ooh. food trucks. It was awesome. The, That's awesome. The, uh, everybody else in the area must have been like, who the heck are the new neighbors? Right. Uh, they, they put on... <laughs> A great party, and it was uh, it was fun to be part of that. Fifteen thousand dollars, and Bill Miller from Performance Industrial is a huge supporter of that. And then Saturday, I was at the White Party to benefit Saratoga Bridges, and Bill is an incredible supporter of that great organization as well that provides services uh, to the developmentally disabled in the Capital Region. So, shout out to Bill. Let's get this thing going. And now, dirty, difficult, and done. Presented by Performance Industrial. All right, Ash, as traditional as it is. I know you always let me go first, but yours is more timely. All right, well, let's go for it then. If you want to do it. Gentlemen first today. Here's my my dirty, difficult done. Uh, And it is that college football coaches are now playing dirty amongst one another. Brian Kelly had something to say about really specifically to Texas A&M. Everybody's coming to Texas A&M yeah. about this stuff. Like, I guess they're, they're just going to have more money than any other school in the SEC. So, okay. And Brian Kelly used the word bidding, which is just which, saying that ugly stuff out immediately loud. Immediately red flag. That, that you really shouldn't do, kind of. Okay. And then Wayne Kiffin on Monday during the SEC media days used a very similar kind of attitude towards, hey, the teams with the highest payrolls, like baseball, those are the ones that traditionally do the best. Are they not over the course of time? And I start, I'm watching it live on TV at home. I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing? It's a budget. It's not a payroll. It's a budget. Yeah, but. When you use words like payroll, of course, it's going to sound dirty. Yeah, and, and do some have more Ugh. greater backing than others? And sure. are some using NIL incentives uh, differently than others? Are they setting up endorsements before a kid even comes to school for you? There, there's a whole approach to this that uh, some coaches are probably using that others aren't, that others may have to adopt in order to stay competitive uh, in these conferences that tr- just grow larger and larger and larger. Um, Unless you're the Pac-12, then you're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And soon to be the ACC. And that, you know. So Brian Kelly and then Lane Kiffin, two of the biggest names in the sport in terms of, of coaching, come out within the last few days and say that the way it's being done now is dirty. And so it got me thinking, and the reason I bring it up now here in our, our Triple D is because Coaches used to get frustrated with the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting frustrated with each other because the NCAA has kind of opened everything right. up. So it is like the boss or the coach who is like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. I'm, I'm tired of being picked on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you guys settle it amongst yourselves. And then you really see what the workplace environment is when you don't mm-hmm. have that top target to kind of pick on all the time. And and that's your rallying cry is, Hey, it's all of us against them or him or her, whoever Uh, the NCAA has stepped out of the way from prohibiting a lot of the things that are now going to go on. And, and now we have these head coaches playing dirty. It's I I think it, I think it makes it interesting 
but it also is just really petty and I was gonna say it's like junior high school dramatics it's ridiculous it's ridiculous but of course it's dirty we knew we knew this wasn't really going to solve the problem it was just going to allow student athletes to be paid which is ultimately what people wanted but now now you have to deal with the ramifications of it the ramifications of how that affects your ability to recruit how that affects Texas A&M's ability to get the number one recruiting class like Mm -hmm. now you can't cry about it this is what you wanted there are always effects to every cause. Every cause has an effect, as they say. And this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ash, you're up. All right. Listen, as a Red Sox, or as a, I would say Red Sox hater, as a Yankees fan, this guy, Chris Sale, he used to be the filthiest of filthy, and mm. the guy hasn't been able to get on the field in what is essentially three years now. He's made 11 starts since the beginning of the 2010 2020 season, excuse me. This is him breaking his pinky finger after Aaron Hicks scorched a line drive back at him. And did you yep. finally see it? Because he had zero time. Yep. It was yep. completely a defensive reaction that he got caught very unluckily. Um, we're, I'm not sure how much time this guy's going to be out, but the guy can't stay on the field. So it's my difficult, because I actually do feel bad for him. You always want to see the best pitchers in the game out there. He's had Tommy John surgery, missed entire seasons. He said other kinds of elbow problems, shoulder inflammation. Now he's got a broken pinky. The guy cannot stay on the field. He made two starts, and it's really one start and part of one inning because he left in the first inning. Uh, and now he'll be out for probably, my guess would be a month, maybe more. Um, and I know David Cohn was like, well, you don't need your pinky to grip a baseball. And I thought, yeah, but you do. You need a, a functional, not hurting pinky in order to throw a baseball. Yeah, so, maybe it's just maybe it just becomes pain tolerance if there really is not an essential grip yeah. with that finger. Maybe it is just the pain you let it heal a little bit to the point right. where you can just handle the pain of of it being semi wrapped around uh, a baseball. Yeah. And and go back to 2019, Ash. He was ineffective, tired arm when the Red Sox won the World Series, he was excellent, but it was out of the bullpen. bullpen yep. He, he, he has not lived up to mm-hmm. what we'll call starter money in Boston, um, yeah. aside from his first maybe year and a half there when he came over from Chicago. So even in times of success, it was not in the traditional sense of Chris Sale being a dominant starting pitcher, which, of course, he was with the White Sox. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not saying – Plenty of pitchers have injuries and miss, you know, starts. The Yankees have gone through it all year between Severino and Herman. It, it happens. But this is a guy who 2017 was the last time he did not have an injury or miss a start. He made 32 starts and led the majors in innings in 2017 and hasn't been healthy since. Yeah. A product of age, some of it, but a product of it is like it, these are the, it, seemingly chronic for this guy, for his shoulder, for his elbow. Um, so I feel bad for him. You want – you want to beat the best teams. You always say you want to beat the best teams. You want to beat the best players out there. The Red Sox are better with Chris Sale, and it's more fun as a Yankees fan when you beat the Red Sox with Chris Sale. Red Sox at the All-Star break are in fourth place in that division, and and they've played much better. Yeah, the last- I mean, they've had a tough <laughs> 9 of 12. They've lost. They had a tough streak there, but, um, yeah, they were much better early in July. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that they ever they, – I think they did climb all the way to second. But now Tampa yeah. is there, followed by Toronto, Boston, and it's not all that far back. 
to get to a Baltimore team mm-hmm. that is that's playing some good baseball. Yeah, I mean, for the first time in a long time, good, good baseball. Yeah, and they had yeah. the number one overall pick this year. How right. about that? I mean, so again, we you know we did our KPM rapid reaction. Yep. On Monday, we covered a little bit of this stuff, just mm-hmm. spitballing. I talked about how old it makes you feel yep. when you see pick one and two in the Major League Baseball draft be sons of former major, not just former major leaguers, I mean, contemporaries of yeah, our, Matt say, Holiday and Andrew Jones. Yes. Yeah. They feel like modern major leaguers. Yeah. So Jackson Holiday goes one, Drew Jones goes two. Um, cool Carl moment Crawford's for those dads, kid. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Crawford's kid and a couple others, honestly, I, I saw. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Not so bad. Not so bad. All right. One more time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute, the All Star game on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. It is the best All Star game in all of professional sports. We'll get into some of what makes it unique and why this time around uh, is extra special. Back right after this, everybody. Hang on. Back in a minute. What kind of stories that's been told on you That may be a lot of things in life you used to do If you can't give true love to me, I'll understand Just do the best you can Nicolope Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Jenner, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhaus. All right, shout out to our people at Pick Six Vodka, uh, the Pick Six Paddock now at Saratoga Racecourse. Oh. Holly and Adam and Serge and everybody up there doing big, big things. We will do more with them as we get towards the end of this month. Jim Dandy Saturday. Mm-hmm. We will be live from West uh, West Side Sports Bar and Grill. I should know the name of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to hit up Clancy's Tavern. Oh. We're going to find our way to the Horseshoe a couple I mean, of times. Are we going to be drunk all summer? So we are <laughs> jam-packed with Saturday Special edition Saturday shows, courtesy of of Pick Six Vodka awesome. during this Saratoga season, which will be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll look ahead to some of those biggest, bigger stakes races, yep. uh, if you will. And oh, by the way, that takes me to my Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute. This is the summer you knew I'd find a way to reference the Seinfeld episode. There was the summer of George. He was supposed to be the summer of George. This is the summer of Chad Brown. Not only did he win the Diana video you're looking at right here, uh, his seventh Diana stakes, he is going to win the Jim Dandy. He is going to win the Travers. 
He already has the Preakness, which you could argue was kind of summer. Chad Brown is going to finally get that Midsummer Derby that he says he covets more than any other horse race in the world at the racetrack he grew up on. By the way, look at Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly. I know. I didn't know Chip Kelly was in the winner's circle for yeah. this thing. I was watching video back today. I'm like, Ryan oh, yeah, Day Chip too. Kelly. Um, so I, I say Brown wins the Dandy and the Traverse. He gets the double done at Saratoga. The summer of Chad. No buzzer. That's disappointing. Oh, um, there. Hmm. Uh, and I'm going to tell Chad to thank you when he doesn't win. I know. Well, you know what? He won't text I'm, me back. So, so this is this how you're is doing what, it. This is what you get. Okay. This All is right. what you um, get. Yeah. This is Chad's best chance. We say it a lot. He, he had, has had a few good chances. This is Chad's best ha- chance because he has multiple horses who are some of the best horses mm-hmm. at the Saratoga race course this year. And that hasn't always been the case. Uh, but yeah, early voting will run in the Jim Dandy. Zandon will run in the Jim Dandy. Those two alone, that should be fun. I, that should be fun. If those two raced by themselves in the Jim Dandy, I would be interested. This is what I think happens. Now, this this is not the way it'll play out because okay. I'm I think I think early voting wins the dandy, but I think Jack Christopher wins the Travers. I yeah. So Jack now, Christopher is he's going to run, run the Haskell, and so is it. You know, he's not going to have that once over the Saratoga course that every trainer says they love to have in terms of a race. Yeah, he'll train Um, there, though. It'll be all right. But I'm going to go – I'm I'm big on Jack Christopher to win the Travers, uh, and I'll take early voting in the Dandy. Okay. Um, Tim Wilkin, our racing analyst from News Channel 13, also thinks – he thinks Jack Christopher is the best horse at the Saratoga race course. Um, and he, I think would also agree with you that maybe he wins the Travers. We got to see if he runs in it first to get a, get through the Haskell and whatever, but he ran last year. He was fun. Do you just like it? Cause it has your name in it. No, no, no. I, I like it because he certainly would not be the first horse that didn't take part in the triple crown series. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of took everybody by surprise on some level. Um, Arrogate, right? Didn't run at all in the Triple Crown Series, I don't believe. Baffert brought him in from the West Coast. And say, all of a sudden, always, they always record. fly in from the West Coast. Yeah, I, I don't think he ran in any of the Triple Crown races. Yeah. And he was, I believe, second choice among the Baffert horses. Um. Is it West Coast? No, West Coast won the Traverse, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Keen Ice was the one who knocked off Pharaoh. Yeah, but there was a Baffert horse, I think, in the same year as Arrogate um, that was more heavily favored in that race. I could be mixing up my years at this point. But for some reason, I thought I thought Arrogate was like number two in the Baffert barn. Okay. And then he goes out and sets the course record and yeah. wins by a wild number of lengths. Mm-hmm. So... That's why I'm kind of on Jack Christopher Hero, even though we're going to see him in the Haskell. It just feels like he will still sneak up on people. That's all. Um, I'm going to just kind of give. So, yes, yeah, Sam, you're in some cases, you're right. Yeah, I, but in these races, so that's kind of broad. The Diana, yes. Ch- Chad had four of the six horses. He's obvious, and he came in one through four. 
he obviously has the, a huge advantage in those races, but he's also competing against himself. So it doesn't, it's not always easy for him to make these decisions. And, you know, he thinks, okay, some of my horses have to hit the board. At least one has to hit the board. Um, but in the Travers, if he runs two horses or even three horses, it should be a 10 to 12 horse field. I would hope generally the Travers gets a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I would think, so his chances would be good, but if he runs two, that's not like he has this crazy advantage. Um, so we'll see. Is he going to run three? Is he going to run four? Yes. Three? I know. There's, three. I know. We keep hearing about this fourth yeah. that maybe, speaking of arrogate, that, you know, that, that maybe is the best yet. I don't know. Four. I think three. Four in the Traverse seems like a lot because then you're spending a lot of money to enter. You're again, you're working against yourself. It's, Not his money. No, I know. <laughs> Who cares? I know. Let's run as many as we want. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm I mean sure he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Look, Chad ends up with the training title mm -hmm. because he has more horses yes. than anybody else. Yep. That's you know, he's obviously a world class trainer. He's the mm -hmm. best in the sport going right now. But he wins the training title and will win comfortably this summer because owners want Chad Brown right to train their horse. Yep. And that's, that's Period. ultimately what you hope for. I mean, yep. so Todd Pletcher is still at the top of his game. He's been recently surpassed by Chad Brown, but that was Todd Pletcher five years ago. Everyone brought their horses to Todd Pletcher. This is how the sport works. It's very, it's kind of ebb and flowy. And when someone, I guess decides or brings themselves to the top of the mountain and says, Hey, I'm here. I'm good enough to train all the, that's where people go. But the Todd was there. Now Chad is there and Todd is still, you know, kind of neck and neck. They're the two best trainers in the world. Um, but that's how it works. You get yeah, and, good. And, and then you, you hope that people come to you. And Todd still won a triple crown race this yeah, year. No, I, doing, I, and that's what I mean. It's, it's okay. just, yeah, yeah. Chad yeah. has had Chad has made it a little more even and has made his, I mean, his barn has grown exponentially. Big time. Yep. All right, Ash, here you go. Your Popeye's Louisiana fashion. All right. Listen, I'm going to sound like the old woman in the room here, oh, but boy. 13 seasons into his NBA basketball playing career, James Harden is just now finally ready to be a team player. And I say this because knowing, listen, your rookie contract doesn't really count, but he's finally come out and said, okay, I, I'm not going to take this contract. I'm going to opt out because I'm going to, I want to resign, redo my contract to give you guys money to go out and, and buy some of the best talent that's out there. I want you to make us better. I want you to spend whatever you have to spend and quote, I'll take whatever's left over. Well, whatever's left over is a two year, like he's making 32 and 35. That's not so bad but he's saving his team $15 million to spend elsewhere. They went out and signed PJ Tucker, which eh, whether or not that's a good move, that's up for debate. Hmm. But they're DeAnthony Melton. They have added depth to this team. And part of it, the brother, part of it is because a guy like James Harden decided he was going to play nice. Now I think the fact that he doesn't have a title certainly helps this transition happen because you decide, all right, well, I have, I've made $300 million in my career, essentially, if you add up all the contracts. I've made $300 million in my career. Now I'm ready to win a championship, and I'm ready to do whatever it takes to win that championship. It just takes too long for these guys. It takes too long. Yeah. Look, the NBA by nature is not uh, a selfless sport. No. 
Um, there are too few players on the team, too few players on the court at one time that it is easy to view it as this is about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a while, Harden was obviously a perennial MVP candidate. He won an MVP. Mm-hmm. He was a triple-double machine for a long time. He could score with the best of them in, in the NBA over a three, four, year, five-year stretch. He's not that same guy now. So uh, to me, this isn't about I've made my money. I think there are enough people now in James Harden's ear saying, you're dude, old. you're you're not the same guy. You're going to be 33. So let's focus on winning, which will bring you back into people's minds as an effective NBA player. He hasn't been that now for a year. I mean, the, the move from Phil – before Kyrie returned to Brooklyn – Harden was okay, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been... But his numbers in Philadelphia were... I mean, they well, were not good. I, I, I don't want to say bad, because no, they, they were bad. not good. But you you have to factor in that Joel Embiid was injured for a lot of that. That's going to affect what he is able to do. Are you a star? Then you need to learn how to deal with not having another star on the court. Take the game over. He can't do that anymore. No, you, well, and, and, and part of that. it is how the game is being officiated now as well. Yep. He, yeah. He can't... They changed rules because of James Harden. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these guys with the the threes that aren't threes and the way he would and get to the free throw flailing, line, he doesn't do that now. Yeah, he flailing so, and getting fouled. They're not calling him anymore. So yes, yeah. it it has to be difficult because they've affected the way that you play your game. Unfortunately, it's made it fairer for everyone else, but unfortunately, made it more difficult for him. But does yes, this matter? I mean, does this matter? Will the 76ers win no. a title? With James Harden. No. Nope. Yeah. I don't think so. I I think, listen, Joel Embiid is also a perennial MVP candidate, and he's one of the best players in the world when he's healthy, but I just don't think the two of them stack up with the top two players of other teams. And, I, you know, without – I guess it depends on where KD goes because it's going to depend on what team – you know, what matchup KD is a part of, but – they're better than Brooklyn now, so I guess that helps. But are they better than Miami? No. Are they no they're not than, better than are, Miami even with without KD. Are they better than Brooklyn if Durant and Kyrie stay? No. Okay. But so that's what think, I mean. We don't think KD's staying there, right? I do. Oh, boy. I don't think Durant gets traded. What's I, taking so long? I don't know. We went through, we, Nobody we went, wants no. to trade their whole team. No. We went through the draft – didn't happen. We are now a couple of weeks removed from the draft. There's no chatter. There's no buzz at all about teams making offers, the Nets fielding phone calls. I'm not saying Durant wasn't genuine in his request for a trade, yeah. but I'm saying that I don't think he was 100% sold on this being what he wants. I, I think Durant may have felt like, here's my power move to get Kyrie out. I'm going to I'm going to force Brooklyn's hand here. They'll they'll trade Irving, we can reset this thing a little bit. I don't think Durant goes anywhere. And and maybe part of it is it becomes too difficult of a deal to make. I understand I that it can't be I one think team. That would be why. It can't yeah. be Brooklyn and 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 Golden State. It can't be mm-hmm. Brooklyn and Phoenix. It's it's got to be like four or five teams involved here to get the draft right. picks and the players correct. So I'm not saying this is a quick process, but there's just been zero talk. 
about it at all. That to me is a red flag. Like something's not right here. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree. I think it's taken a lot longer than people thought. I think people thought it would have been done a few days after because you have teams throwing themselves at you to get him. It didn't happen. And I'm not sure that, you know, the Suns signing DeAndre eight into that contract helps his cause. Cause can you afford those two contracts and everyone else you're going to have to pay? Probably and, not. And unless no. the Suns are going to be part of our performance industrial dirty, difficult done next week. And they did eight and dirty and yeah. they signed eight and just to trade him. Yeah. Ooh. But I don't, you got to get somebody else to take that contract. It's a, yeah. uh, that one, that that's one I would, that's one okay. I would take. I like DeAndre. And would you believe me if I said that Clayton Kershaw, who has three Cy Young awards, has never started an all-star game? Hmm. And Until he'll do tonight? it Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday In his night. home ballpark. Um, yeah. and, and does he deserve that? I always just think, like, isn't that just kind of like a... Well, I think he's like 7-2 yeah. and two with a 2.13 ERA or something like that. He's been very good. good. I think it was really down between... It was down to Kershaw and Sandy Alcantara from Miami. Alcantara has been yeah. outstanding, and he was better in the first half than Kershaw. Yeah. But if I'm Brian Snitker, this is a game that no longer means and matters at all. So give it a Kershaw. Let the home crowd have yeah. a thing. No, Look, I- Rob Manfred has already said this doesn't matter. We're putting Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols on the teams. Yeah. No, I agree. That's for posterity's sake. Yeah. I get it. Um, I, did you see Dusty Baker? said uh classic he, dusty classic. he never seen mcclanahan oh, i've never seen that guy pitch he's a professional baseball player on one of the current teams you yeah. can't say you've never seen him pitch even if you've really never seen him pitch you don't just you pretend. think he meant i've never seen him pitch against one of my teams don't you think that's what he meant i don't know i don't I think know. so because you don't say you've never way. seen him pitch even if you've seen tape of him you could remember something about him you yeah. can just say oh yeah yeah he's good He's a, right. he's a really good pitcher. Never seen a pitch, but the people I talk to say he's really, really good. Okay, give him the, and he and he is very, very good. Oh, Dusty! He'll start uh, for the American League. Remember, classic. I said the over and the AL. The over and the AL. Got it. You're on record. We record this thing, so I'm on record for that. Our thanks to Dale Stanovich yes. for hanging out with us here. Drafted into. A major oh my God, Nick, I was just going to say, I've missed you so much. We threw him off with the Tuesday taping. Madeline yeah. gets in at Hude. the last minute. Who day? Yeah, who day? All I right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, and watching Honorado and Company.